Well, welcome to the first episode of the Fortifying Families podcast. My name is Alan. And I'm Dan. And uh, we both work as pastors here at Christ Community Church in Pinehurst, North Carolina. I serve as the student ministry pastor, and Dan? I have the privilege of serving as the senior pastor here at Christ Community. Dan, how long have you been at our church? Almost seven years. Seven years. Yeah, and I was in your role before taking on the senior role. I still kind of miss it a little yeah. bit. So We're sitting here across the table together today, and we just want to kind of introduce some things, some values of our church, and um, talk a little bit about uh, discipleship and what that looks like for each of our families. Dan, I figured I would start out by just talking through what what is the reason why we would value this as a church? What kind of like biblical basis or biblical reasoning do we have to say like this is important to us yeah that's i mean that's always a good question to ask like why why do we prioritize this and and of course we want to go to the scriptures to validate what we put priority on Mm -hmm. and again i i think the oldest institution in the world is the family i mean god ordained family from the beginning even before the church long before the church uh the the family was the foundational uh, societal influence uh, from the very beginning. Genesis, you know, chapter one and two, we find God making uh, mm-hmm. the first family with Adam and Eve, and then issuing them a, a mandate to have impact on creation and the culture to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth uh, and subdue it. So, from the very beginning, God ordained family for the benefit of mankind and for the flourishing of creation even as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking back about the it's like Deuteronomy chapter 6. Yep. Um you know where it institutes, you know, so that your children may walk with the Lord and kind of gives some instructions on that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And you know, we find the correlation too into spiritual family. The church is referred to as the family of God mm-hmm. and so you have this be fruitful, multiply language in Genesis chapter two, but you have the same mandate in the Great Commission to be fruitful and multiply, to reproduce yourself. And so that's why a podcast like this that helps equip families to fortify themselves and be prepared and equipped to engage Mm -hmm. within the context they're in. And if you study not just church history, but if you study human history, uh, how the family goes is how society goes. The value that's placed upon God's design for human flourishing is rooted in the family. And when the family's prioritized, society does well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not just simply talking about parents and children. Correct. You know, we're talking about spouses. We're talking about um, even looking to your own parents and seeing yeah. the relationships that are formed there. And even the brother and sister relationships are formed inside of the church. Um, you know, that's maybe a broadening of the term family, but ultimately it is a, a, a sense in which we find ourselves connected by something more. Exactly. Um, yeah. And there's generational realities to that as well. Yeah. I was thinking too, like, uh, a lot of times when we think of discipleship, we think of it as a role of the church. Uh, I know I have, you know, a lot of stories in my own personal life of just what that looked like for me growing up. I'm sure you can as well. I was thinking about uh, Titus chapter two, whenever, um, you know, he's kind of giving instructions of how like the older women in the church should minister to the younger and the older men to the younger men. And just that beautiful reality that even for those of us who may be listening there right now and thinking, man, I don't have a family, you know, ultimately we all are given, you know, family, whether it is biological or spiritual. 
Um, And it's a beautiful thing that God allows us to step into in just so many different forms and fashions. I'd love to hear from you, Dan. What what was that like for you growing up? Like, what role did your parents play in your like discipleship? Maybe what role did church or church leaders play? I mean, what was that like for you? Yeah, well, it's interesting you asked that question today, having just done our staff meeting earlier uh, this morning and even talking about what is a disciple and a disciple is just being a learner uh, and being in proximity to someone who's teaching you. And mm-hmm. uh, my favorite definition of parenting or kind of purpose of parenting, uh, it comes from my mom, actually. She said, parenting is simply explaining life. Mm-hmm. And so having people who can help you make sense of the world in which you live and how it's supposed to work, I think that's the role of a parent. And really that's the role of any teacher yeah. is they're trying to help you make sense of a particular subject or a particular discipline or a skill, you know, if they're a coach or something like that, but to have that relationship where you can learn from them. And so as you ask that question, I think about, you know, we learn things from our parents, both by what they taught us by speaking it, but I would argue that the greatest influence we have as parents or what we learned from our parents was learned by watching mm. uh, how they live their lives, uh, what they prioritized, how they spent their money, um, you know, the things that they valued uh, with their time and their other resources. And so, you know, my parents certainly had a faith of their own and we were active in church uh, and, you know, involved. But mm-hmm. where I learned some of perhaps those more tangible uh, realities were through their examples. And one that comes to mind is my parents were incredibly hospitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad gave things away all the time. Like he even gave our car away one time to somebody who needed <laughs> it more than we did. We weren't driving expensive cars, but still that was kind of their wow. attitude. And so my uh, le- I learned hospitality, uh, sharing life and sharing that kind of having all things in common that we see in Acts chapter two, um, that was really how my parents lived. We were poor. We didn't have a lot, but they were also incredibly generous with what hmm. we did have. So that's something that translates into my my adult life now, where my house is meant to be shared. It's not some. It's not a castle with a drawbridge, right? Yeah. That you pull into and close the garage door and you shall not pass. Yeah. It is meant to be a place where life is shared and experienced together. Yeah, and living three doors down from you, I've yeah. seen that lived out. Yeah, yeah, you see all the cars on my <laughs> on my curbside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking like when I was uh, when I was growing up, my my I had a lot of turmoil like in my house as a young child, and uh, I think one of the things that my parents really valued and showed that they valued was church, and so a lot of times my church or my Christian school that I grew up in was often the main mentor or discipler for me. Yeah. And granted, sure. really good. Um, the, the the principal there, his name is Huey. Like I still, I talked to him the other day and I think of just that like spiritual father to me and, and helping me grow and develop. Uh, but I would say my parents probably more often than not looked at church and youth group and Christian school as like, oh, well, that's where Alan is learning about yeah. God. That's where he's finding um, you know, really all the, the things about faith. And I do think they, they tried their best to live those things out at home. But I found myself, like when I think back of like the people who have mentored me in life, I often think of my youth pastor as a teenager. I think of my principal in my Christian school. Um, and certainly my parents had some roles in there, but I have kind of a unique. And I think as I've gotten older, 
I've realized that's really not the way it should be. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, it's this this beautiful kind of responsibility we've been given as parents. If you have children, like you are supposed to be their mentor of the faith and show them uh, both in word and in deed, right. um, like you said with your parents. Um, and so I know as a dad, like I work really hard at that to try to have, even with my six year old kids, like I try to have like more intentional conversations and, and try to think through like what that looks like, you know, for us as a family. Yeah. And I think coming back to that kind of philosophy of explaining life, sometimes as parents, we don't, we don't have a full understanding of how life works or why it works. And so we do our best. But I would say this to parents listening, like we're responsible for what we do know. And, you know, we also have the opportunity to learn with our children. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a powerful thing. The parents that my wife grew up in a family where it was kind of like everything was always figured out and, you know, they had already learned it. And so it was downloaded as opposed to experienced together. Mm -hmm. And so as we as we talk to families, you know, uh, I want to encourage them. They don't have to feel like they have it all together, but sometimes the journey of exploring together as a family with your children, mm -hmm. particularly as they're old enough to comprehend that, is far more impactful than if you just told them something that you had already learned. Yeah. And so that's something Janelle and I try to do is to be honest and say, you know what, that's a really good question or that's something we haven't experienced Let's walk through it together and mm -hmm. figure it out together. Let's ask good questions and let's pray for wisdom. So I think learning doesn't always have to be teacher didactically downloading. Mm -hmm. It can be, let's experience this together and search for answers in trusted places. Yeah. Now I was thinking about just the other morning, my wife woke up and she wasn't feeling well. And my four-year-old was like, hey, can we pray for mom? And I'm just like, yeah. huh, why didn't, I, why didn't I think of that? That should have been like a good first step for me. And so... You know, even kids just teaching you along the way, you know, the simple things. And that Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Exactly. Sometimes their mindset is so much more powerful than the complications we have in our brains. Exactly. Yeah. So good. So good. Another thing I, I found helpful, like in that journey is like finding, finding someone who's maybe a little farther along than me, you know, yeah. my kids are six and four. I have twin girls that are six and a four-year-old son. And so maybe finding someone who's in those teenage years who can reflect back and um, and asking them questions of like, hey, how did how did you work through this? And I found that to be super beneficial. And I know um, finding for me a godly man, a godly father who yep. uh, can help walk with me in those situations has been super helpful. What would you like? Any advice you would give to people listening who are maybe like, I want I want to be really involved in my kids' faith journey. I want, but I just don't know where to start or don't know what to do. Like. I'm putting you on the spot here, but any like advice or ideas you would throw their way of like, here's maybe a place to get started. Yeah, I think that's always the challenging question. And I, I think the danger, and I fall into it too, is we want to do it perfectly or we want to do it completely or thoroughly. And so we're paralyzed by, you know, where to start or if we can't maintain a certain expectation. And again, I come back to that philosophy of explaining life. You know, that's an everyday conversation and, and teaching your kids how to find God, find the gospel, find faith in the midst of the everyday mundane, um, mm -hmm. as opposed to making it kind of separate from like, now we do the spiritual things, but it doesn't relate to the rest of our lives. So your son, you know, praying for mom when she's sick is a simple way of saying, you know, mom's illness has a correlation to our faith and what we believe about God's ability to heal. You know, when we make decisions or even just as we're starting and ending our day, 
um, having those conversations around faith and around how God relates to what we have on our agenda, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's you know school and a test or a, a difficult relationship that you know your kid may be navigating at school with a friend or something like that. The other powerful one for us, and this might be scary for parents, um, you know, I think is to invite your kids into your own flaws and failures, mm. where you model what it looks like to confess sin and, and make wrongs right. Yeah. It is just a pressure release valve because, you know, kids sometimes don't have a an explanation or a context for what happens when I mess up, what happens mm. when I make a mistake. And to have that expectation on them that you, they can't make mistakes and not know how to process mm. that, that as a parent, you know, and it's something similar, like I, you know, I got impatient with my kids and I raised my voice or got curt with my, my language to go back and say, hey, I was wrong to speak to you like that. Will you forgive me? And giving mm. them an opportunity to experience how the gospel and Jesus isn't just about holiness, mm. although it is, it also provides us the means and mechanism to make wrongs right. And that I've found for our kids uh, opens up the ability to have more vulnerable conversations to explain life because they know that there is a means for uh, allowing failure in our humanness, but there's also a mechanism for making wrongs right through the gospel. And so inviting your kids, not just into your successes or your perfections as a parent, but into your flaws and Mm -hmm. failures, I think is an entry level way for them to see how faith and how the gospel actually relates to the bottom line of life. I mean, it kind of sounds like you're saying the best place to start is wherever you are. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not a sense in which we, we reach some level in which we can start, you know, talking to our kids about their faith. It's just where we are right now in the, in the daily, in the mundane, exactly. in the little moments of walking with the Lord, you know, share those with our kids. Yeah. With your little kids bedtime where they're fearful about being in the room. And so how do, how do we connect God's presence mm. uh, to their fear? We used to sing a little song, you know, to our kids at night when they were feeling unsettled about being in a dark room and all the way up through when our kids are now in middle school. So we're talking about relationships with friends and, and, you know, school workload and uh, how to balance busyness of life and how to navigate some of those middle school realities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it evolves, but just meeting them where they are and yeah. not feeling like you have to have all the answers, but being willing to navigate it with them and explore together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about how fortifying families and, and really just the value of families is something that our church values. What are some like tangible ways you think uh, that's lived out in the in our church community? Um, whether it's through a program that we have here at our church or just the the culture that we have, what are the ways that you see as our lead pastor of saying, you know, families are really essential to this faith journey that we're all on? Um, what are some things some things you, you got? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it maybe is. Um uh, more implied, but you know, obviously we have programs for children. We have programs for students with adventure kids and our student ministry that you lead and, and partnering, creating opportunities for parents to be in the worship service so that they can be under the teaching and the authority of the word mm-hmm. and, and teaching the word with confidence and authority as being relevant uh, to our everyday lives, not just to a spiritual component. And so the subtle way is that we preach the Bible and mm-hmm. trust that the Bible contains what we need for life and godliness and mm-hmm. that, that God has given it to us to reveal his design for human flourishing. 
but then having opportunities for parents to connect with each other and relate to each other, whether that's through a life group or a care group, mm-hmm. where there can be some shared seasons of life like you talked about, or you can find someone who's a little ahead of you. Uh, and the beauty of the church, even more so in modern culture, is it's one of the few places where generations still kind of overlap. Uh, we become isolated generationally where we uh, are so kind of disconnected and we just kind of gravitate toward our age groups where the church, a healthy church, is still a place where a 70-year-old can rub shoulders with a 20-year-old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the parents in their 40s like me can find parents in their 60s to, you know, kind of navigate the teenage years as well as dip down into parents who are just starting out and provide some hope and perspective. So I think the church as a whole, having that intergenerational, like you referenced in Titus 2, Mm -hmm. where it says older women teach the younger women, older women disciple Mm -hmm. the younger women uh, simply because you've been where they are and, you know, you can offer a bigger perspective than what they may feel in the moment. So those are some of the things that we try to facilitate, um, recognizing that there's a variety of needs Mm -hmm. uh, within each family and each family dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is a beautiful diversity of generations in our church from from old to very young and uh, just a beautiful way for us to connect with one another, whether that is through a life group um, or even just here, you know, on a weekend service, being able to to sit beside someone and, and just ask questions and talk. It's a great way to connect and have community. You know, a lot of our programs, I would say, are aimed at like supplementing. You know, our adventure kids, our student ministry are really there to like create a space for parents to say, hey, what did you learn in youth group? Um, you know, what did you learn this morning in adventure kids? I know that's a, a common question we have on the car ride home. Uh, and, you know, I hope parents see that as when you're dropping your kids off at youth group and it's a, it's a way for what you're already teaching them at home to be continued to be fostered and grown uh, in their life. I think too about like our counseling center. Yeah, there may be some husbands yeah. and wives listening to this today and thinking, man, we are in the, the bottom of the bottom. You know, yeah. we are here also to help people uh, find freedom. And so uh, yeah, our counseling center one. is a great opportunity for if you're looking for uh, marriage counseling or family counseling, or even if you have a teenager or adolescent who just needs to talk with someone, uh, our counseling center is a great option to kind of lean into. Yeah, absolutely. And I would want to take the stigma out of counseling. Counseling is just intensive discipleship. Yeah, I'm in counseling. My wife's in counseling. It's a valuable thing. We believe that. It is an extension of our mission statement um, of helping people find freedom in following Jesus. And so I'm glad you brought the counseling center up because that is a unique uh, unique resource that our church has to yeah. uh, come alongside and partner with, absolutely. Partner with families. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast today. Uh, this is something that we, we're doing just to really emphasize that families are really important to us as a church. And so uh, I hope you'll tune in each month as we offer just some some different topics, some different discussion points uh, about how to practice discipleship in your family. If you have any specific topics you'd like us to cover on this podcast, you can reach out to me, alan at cccpiners.org. And we hope to see you next time.